Who's this? Oh, you're an entrepreneur? Oh, you're a real estate investor. Oh, you're trying to learn from those who did it. Well, come into the lab then. Put your white coat on, gloves on, notepad, and let's build y'all. Real estate experiment, what is happening, y'all? Today, I have a local with me, Jennifer Sino Tucker. Welcome to the lab. Oh, Ruben, thank you so much. I love the local that you put in there for sure. I'm right here, your neighbor in uh, on Long Island. That's right. So I am, I, I, we were talking about, about it offline. I am here, you know, between here and Georgia. Uh, but I did, I did want to level set and give you a shout because you are here for our listeners who might be, we actually do have a few listeners uh, from, from New York. I always look at our like statistics because I guess um, we have a mastermind here in New York as well. So it'll be really interesting for people to, to tune into some of the great work you're doing. Uh, but first of all, I wanted to introduce you in the lab because uh, you're having a huge impact in the community. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, right now, you're currently working uh, for Exit Realty, uh, but you also have a very interesting position there. Uh, and at the same time, I saw that you're, you're doing the Seven Saturdays training program and you're doing a, uh, you're doing a lot. And so I, I want to hear a little bit more about that before we level set. And, and maybe you can kind of... Uh, you know, fill in some of the gaps I may have missed because I know we're always evolving and what I may have may not be up to date. So fill us in. Who is Jennifer Sino Tucker? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, Jennifer, as you can tell by, by what you just mentioned about me, is I don't know the word stop. I just keep going and love making things happen. So yeah. I truly believe in, in evolving my myself because that's that's kind of helped my um on my own journey um with personal growth as well and I, my mother's called me the um eternal student i'll always have a backpack on my back and uh, mm -hmm. that's what i just like to do and i just figured you know my seven saturdays training um is really about teaching and training those other agents who um who, who, you know, really need that, um, to, that kickstart to kind of get motivated and going and figure out, you know, what my road map looks like to get started in real estate and really be a top producing agent. Excellent. And obviously, you definitely need to level set there. You're, um, from what I know, is an associate broker. And so you, you're a <laughs> practitioner. Hello. And you're a practitioner. You walk the walk, talk the talk. Oh, we keep things around a lab here. We're just saying hello. We, had, we, we love co-guests co-hosts we're all doing the thing from home so we <laughs> if you're listening to this we almost had someone join in on the show but then i think they decided not to but that's okay maybe not decided not to <laughs> didn't get the note on the door that said uh, taping. <laughs> all good. All good. So, but to, to level set, what I love is having practitioners because it's not like you do training and then you're not an agent. And that's really important because, we're, you know, and I was just telling you that we're very selective and who we bring in the lab because we want practitioners who can help us. So for you, when you became, when you started your journey as an agent, um, was there someone or, or, or something that, that really helped you gain the traction that you have today? Yeah, I, I think that was really just utilizing the background that I had in education. I have my master's degree in education, and I was able to use the hierarchy of questioning that teachers use mm. um, to prom to get the best out of their students. And I used that uh, those WH questions to really get what my clients were looking for in their home purchase or their, their sale, right? So I really used these kind of 
questioning tactics that I didn't even realize I had the skill set at the time um, to to get get to the answer or what the motivation was behind the purchase or the or the sale from the client. Um, the second part of that was really taking on a coach myself. Um, and I, I, I looked at myself not as a real estate agent, but as a business. And that was really key in a mind shift where I went from just, you know, getting commission checks to really creating this kind of business uh, where I'm the CEO of the business and that ultimately changed well. So I looked at the coach as an investment, not just spending money. I think a lot of agents just look at it as, I don't have the money to spend on a coach or something like that. But I looked at it as, I, in order for me to grow my business, I have to take this, this step to make the investment. And that was the second part of it. They gave me the tools or more of the verbiage and how to like, you know, really navigate through, through um, um, an interview or anything with their seller as well. Absolutely. And I can attest to that for sure myself. I think it's so critical uh, to have a coach. Um, take us a step back, though. It's so interesting. You said you have masters that you, you're, a te- you're, you're a teacher by trade. Uh, talk about that transition. Is that something that's common? In, 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 did you get inspired by someone in your circle? Or how did that transition? Why real estate? How did that come about? That's easy. My mom's been in the business over 25 years by real estate, but she ultimately raised us as a single parent. Mm -hmm. Um, And I watched her grow and become a top producing agent and really, really flourished um, in her own career. And I had an entrepreneurial kind of spirit um, watching a small family business develop and grow. Um, I kind of got my feet wet there and watching my dad um, navigate through his own business um, so I kind of started my own kids fitness business because my background is in physical education and it didn't flourish and, and thrive. Right. So I was figuring out like, what the heck can I do? So my mom ultimately was my mentor as, as a, a salesperson. Cause I was, you know, that was my role with my own biz kids fitness business. And she literally one day as she was mentoring me about, about something and I was coming to her about, you know, some kind of problem I was having. She took a lead from her secretary that was written on like a note and crumbled it up and threw it in the trash. Now it was just a rental lead. And I'm like, well, what are you doing? Like that's a lead that that could turn into money and it's a prospect, blah, blah, blah. Um, So she said, I don't have time for that. I'm too busy working with sellers and buyers. I'm like, I have time to, you know, take the next step and, and convert that for you. She said, go ahead, handed me the phone. I picked up and, um, and, and enrolled in the course right then and there. No kidding. So, so that was the next step. It, it seems like your, your environment had a, a, a big thing to do with it. Um, as far as the next step, did, did your mother end up being your coach or did you go elsewhere for that? I, yeah, I, no, I went elsewhere for that. <laughs> I, I'm very curious. I got to ask you, Jeffrey, because this is interesting. I had, I had a conversation with someone else uh, who is like in a family business and it's so funny, very similar, came from a real estate family. Um, and, I guess he, he, he wanted to, you know, do his own thing first. Do you think that that's like by nature or, or is there a reason why maybe mom was too busy? Your mother was too busy. Like what was the, your initial thought process? Did you think you wanted to just have a different perspective of how business was done? I'm I would say yes. It was more of the different perspective. I respected my mother in her own right, what she developed. Right. But 
you know, generationally, you know, things I felt like were shifting too no. at the time. I'm all, I'm only been in the business about eight years. So I feel like at that time when I kind of came in, things were starting to move and social media became, mm. you know, kind of started with a platform for us to promote sales and things of that nature. Um, and, you know, my mom really wasn't familiar with it. I'm not a millennial. I'm a little bit older than that. Mm. But I felt this kind of hybrid that I that my career was kind of, you know, not this old school way of thinking, although I don't think we have reinvented the wheel here as agents. Um, We've just made it better through technology. And I was kind of in that swing and shift as, as things were kind of happening. I, I, I looked for someone else. I think that came more of a family dynamic where you know, uh, I didn't want to hear it from my mother. So to speak. <laughs> fair, fair enough. I, you know, I think it's important for, for folks to hear that. Um, I guess my next question is, is something that comes up a lot for me when, when new agents reach out. And by any means, I'm not a coach. I think I have a platform so people feel they need to reach out. But someone like you is more qualified. Um, I, what, what do you say? How, how much does it matter which brokerage I pick? Uh, I guess I'll start with that. And then, and then the next thing I want to get into is the, you know, the coaching going by myself versus joining a team. I think those are big questions. So starting with number one, what are your thoughts on, 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 on brokerages? Yeah, I I think it's a, a really a personal preference and in what you want to do with your career, right? We always have to start with why we want to go into real estate and why do we do what we do? Um, So that was pretty important to me in searching out a brokerage who really believed in some of the philosophies that I had in place. Uh, By all means, I'm a high DC personality on the DISC personality profile, um, and I love systems when they're in place. Um, I think there are other, there, there are many brokerages that do it, do it well and do it really, really good. But my philosophy more aligned with, you know, having more of a relationship um, with my clients and with past clients and my sphere of influence. And I just felt like my, the brokerage that I chose really aligns more with that, that philosophy in me as the agent, as the CEO, um, and creating more of a culture around that. That's excellent. That's a really good answer because uh, I, I hate to pigeonhole people into one choice or anything like that. I think it is very personal and I think um, yeah. that's very well stated. I guess the next thing for you is what are you looking for? I think there's a big question, whether it's a coach or a mentor. Um, is it the same approach of what should I be looking for if I'm a new agent uh, and I'm looking for guidance or should I just get thrown into the fire and try to figure things out on my own? Now, I, again, I think it's more per- personality profiling and what's a good fit for you. Mm. Um, So for me, searching for that mentor and coach really was um, having that kind of one-on-one experience with someone. Yet, I think we need to put ourselves with someone who, one, has kind of been through the ropes and can can be, um, has a similar background, I think, or experiences as to what you've been through. Also, I believe that they have to be producing at least three to five times more than what you're currently producing now as well. We need to surround ourselves with people who, you know, are really out there doing it, number one. And number two, it can really guide you through through the process that, that really is going to take you to where you want to go. Yeah, I think that's a, a, a very interesting conversation, Jen, because um, 
I, I, it's interesting because I think um, knowing the end goal and knowing where you're headed, I think is important. And you definitely want to take advice from someone who's done what you want to do. <laughs> yeah, for um, sure. Which we'll get to in a second. That's why we're so happy to have you here. You know, my coach, I mean, I'm, I'm doing about 40 units uh, this year. So my coach is doing like 120, wow. right? So they're just, you know, they're really up there. So I want to know what that looks like because that's ultimately what I want to get to. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then do you believe in graduating from coaches, right? So let's say you get oh, to Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think we outgrow our coaches. Good. And I don't have a problem with that. I think I've had like six coaches thus far, Good. you know, and – and, and you just outgrow them and it's okay. And, and I'm all about like, okay, show me what I'm supposed to be doing and then taking it and making it my own too. Right. So I, I, you know, with coaches in real estate, I think it, it, it's kind of this um, parenting and like you grow yeah. and learn. I mean, if we're not growing and learning, what are we doing? We're just Absolutely. sitting still and staying stagnant. So yeah, you definitely outgrow. It's just like any other relationship that, that you might outgrow as well. Yeah, no, that's important. That that last one is important about outgrowing some relationships. And it's not to come from a dark place, but it's to, you know, literally being with people who are optimizing for what you want and, and or be maximizing the time with them to kind of be being the sponge. Um, yeah. So so tell us, you're, like I said, we're happy to have you here because you, you, you have very interesting programs. You have um, Seven Steps to Making 100K uh, and then you have the Seven Saturdays Training Program. Let's talk about it. How, first of all, from a coaching perspective, I think it's a great segue. Um, how did you get into coaching? And maybe do you see yourself as a coach? I would uh, maybe assume, but I don't want to make the assumption. Uh, what was that transition for you? And, and why did you do it? Yeah, well, uh, well, you know, we recognized in the brokerage um, that, you know, we were staying true to statistics such as 86% of new real estate agents leave in the first uh, two years, right? Yeah. So we were seeing that within our own brokerage and figured, you know, what could we do to retain more agents and give them the skill set? And it was ultimately instilling a, a, a training program specific to what we needed. And that's, and having the educational background, I was the one who kind of designed it. Um, and I, and after about a year of implementation, we saw that those agents were still staying on and wanted more and were growing in their own business. So, with that, I'm like, huh, if this is working just in our brokerage, right? Yeah. It's got to be work. It's got to work someplace else. And that was really the premise of writing the book, um, Become a Rockstar Real Estate Agent, showing people what steps that they needed in order to become this, you know, to make that 100K a year. Now, I know some people listening to this podcast will think 100K, well, that's, you know, pretty easy. I could do that with my eyes closed. But for a new agent, not kind of having the skill set that's really who the book was geared to towards yeah. those, those eight newer agents maybe in the business one or two years maybe have a few transactions under their belt but just aren't growing and that was where the book kind of came out of oh absolutely speaking of the lowest hanging fruit i mean i'll give a shout to georgia i think the average commission there is probably you know in that market you know the beginner could very easily be you know, around the 10K mark. So, you know, that's mm -hmm. about 10 units right there. That's not, not everybody gets that out the door. Um, right. So I think to your point, I think, you know, that's a foundational blueprint that not only is a good, that's a good marketing. I'm in marketing. Is that I like it. I love it. Approved. Uh, but I think it's at the same time, uh, it is very realistic next step up. Um, 
And, and so that's interesting. So, wow. So you saw that there was a need, there was a demand. I love this because I'm a business owner and business minded person, entrepreneur first, you saw that there was an opportunity. Can you just talk about the pitch of how you got in? Cause I think it's really important for people to identify opportunities and take them on and maybe their existing workplace, maybe within a company. Do you recall what that initial step of you saying, Hey, I want to take this on. I think there's an opportunity here with perhaps was this with exit realty. Is that who it was with? Oh, it really was within our own brokerage. So my mom is also the broker owner. So, uh, you know, so it just was natural for her her in what I do as the business development um, end of it and all those jobs and responsibilities that I have. It wasn't natural for her to kind of take on this training program. I'm, I'm very comfortable with getting out there and presenting and being more of this kind of public speaker, by all means, she's still the mayor of our neighborhood. (laughs) So the one-on-one mentoring, I'm not really a one-on-one coach, but I do mentor my my, um, buyers agents and any new agents that come along, along with this training program within our own brokerage. And again, it's just seemed to kind of help create this atmosphere where agents feel comforted um, and that they know that that if they fail, it's still okay because they have someone like myself to kind of back them up in the process. Okay, I'm glad you said that, Jen. What's what's the with all the your years of uh, again experience, coaching, uh, training? Uh, what's the biggest misconception or limiting belief that you hear from a new agent uh, that you just want to shatter and echo out uh, on the air? Here, is there something that continues to rise to the surface? Like, oh, I always hear that. You know, I don't think it's anything specific that they say, but it's underlying that they say, I'm not worthy um, mm. to make to make it happen. I'm not worthy of earning the money that I can make from real estate. We'll be right back. What, what, why do you think that is? Is it, and I'm not sure if you, you don't, and I think you're an interesting example because you're wired a bit differently due to you seeing it and believing it. And I'm wondering if, if that's what it is. Did they not see themselves doing it that do you get to dive deep a little bit when you hear that and 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 how do you kind of boost someone who who may be going in the other direction yeah i think our limiting beliefs definitely come from some childhood experience like in the beginning i had um, a difficulty talking about other people's money asking them how much of their savings are they putting down as a down payment right like that was really difficult for me and that was some kind of limiting money belief and it ultimately came as out as I'm not capable or I'm not worthy of making 100K. Um, When I dive deep with with agents as I'm mentoring them, it's tell me more about that. What does that look like? Where do you think these, you know, that thought kind of comes from? Why would you not think that you're not worthy to to earn the money that you deserve to to be made here? Um, it, It becomes an interesting process and it's fun on the other side, I wouldn't say fun, but it's nice to see that growth um, for new agents. Yeah, to just kind of real make that aha moment like, oh my God, I didn't realize that I was thinking that. But yeah, you really were. Oh, I, I love this one, Jen, because I think it's, 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 yes, it's fundamentally rooted. And I also think it has some, something to do with, um, it's, it's, to your point, it, it is a limiting belief that's been ingrained in us. So uh, there's two things that you said that I really want to touch on that's interesting is one, being uncomfortable to talk about other people's money or money. And honestly, I think that's 
it's interesting because I've been on both sides of the world, of an entrepreneur world and in the corporate world. And I have this discussion all the time with my fiance and I, and I, and I always say, what's, you know, why can't you ask someone how much they're making? Like why, but I'm serious. That bothers me because I think in, it's so interesting in business and in sales, it's, it's your, it's your KPI. It's your indicator. Like, okay, you know, what did you gross? What are your thoughts on that? Cause that's something that like, you can see I'm fired up about it. And I think it's hindering us more than it's helping us to be in a culture that doesn't talk about money. What are your thoughts on that? I, you know, I don't think, I mean, I grew up where, where like you said, I, I didn't, we didn't talk about other people's money. We didn't talk about, I think because that comes from um, parents who are consistent, you know, financially, it seems to be one of the things that kind of split people up when you talk about money. Um, so I think that comes from something like that. Like in the book, I reference uh, my limiting money belief came from my parents constantly arguing about how much is in the bank account how much did you put on this credit card right absolutely to to bring up those kind of things like what's your credit score (laughs) you know um how much money do you earn annually what did you gross on your tax return this year you know it's like it really becomes very a very scary kind of thing because your inner child right kind of comes out and says oh my god mommy and daddy are talking about money and they're arguing so i think that's where that kind of hesitation comes from in in many of us to talk about money i think that you you said that so so perfectly and i think it's important if we're listening to this it's okay how do i look at money and how do i un, you know rewire myself and if i do think some ways about money um how can i think differently of it and then if i'm someone who has kids and you're listening to this Think about the language because I think that is important. I, I do because I do recall having that at home as, oh, it's, it's too expensive or we don't have enough money. And, then, and I think that's like you have to really be careful. Like I, literally if you're listening to this and, you know, <laughs> maybe I'm not as qualified because you have kids, but I, I feel that I can see that in retrospect right, right as I'm thinking about it. Um, okay, this is v- very interesting. So um, another thing that you know, you, you talked about is um, it kind of goes back in with the mentorship thing and seeing mm-hmm. people doing it and then having that like, okay, now I get it. What, what kind of environment uh, would you advise someone who hasn't read your book um, that a new agent should be building uh, if it's not surrounding themselves with a mentor, but what kind of environment should they be uh, maybe uh, building for themselves to get themselves geared up for, you know, what's to come next, maybe that 100K a year, like whatever that mark is for themselves. Uh, uh-huh. Do you have any insights on that for someone who's listening? Just what kind of environment they should be surrounding themselves with. I, yeah. I, yeah, I, I, you know, regarding the brokerage, I just think that it's one supportive and one that has consistent training um, that you're definitely going to partake in, right? You could pe- We can have training forever, but unless you're, you're, you're partaking in it, it doesn't really matter or it's not really going to help you. Um, the other thing is, uh, for me, it was having this visualization, and I'm huge on looking at, you know, vision Dream boards. Vision boards, yeah. I'm huge. I, I do it with my kids now That's that so we important. do a vision board. I mean, my daughter is a softball player and wants to go to Florida State. Now, most, most North or East softball players, you know, stay in the Northeast just because of the, the um, you know, the climate that we're in. But she wants to go to Florida State and play softball. I'm like, 
then we have to have Florida State all over your room. And that's ultimately what we're going to do. Like, we're, we're painted with gators, you know, <laughs> you know, in blue and orange, and, and it's everywhere. So that's pretty huge. So vision boards and having the visualization of what you want. Um, but before that, I think people really need to be grounded and stay mm -hmm. present in the moment. And for me, that was having a greater relationship, and, and I'll use the word intimate relationship, with God. And that was revisiting the church and really getting to know God and myself again. Because I came from a dark, ugly place um, where things were not, you know, as bright and uplifting as they are now. And it was a really somber kind of moment in my life that I really had to buckle up and put my bootstraps on and yeah. pull up my big girl panties and really get grounded with God again and revisit my relationship with him. Good for you. Uh, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, so let's, let's not let the serendipity go to waste. Uh, we talked about um, business uh, really quickly for someone who's listening. You talked about systems and I know that's a very key word here in the lab. Mm. Um, you know, what separates a person who or a new agent, we should say, who does not have systems and from one who does. And what is it? What is it that that thing in their business um, or should be very more direct? Why is a system so important for, for an agent if they're listening to this? Oh, I, I think it just sets the groundwork for being consistent and persistent in your behaviors. Right. We saw I'm in the book. I talk about like having a batting average. Um, I mm -hmm. learned that through through Sandler and that's your behavior, attitude and technique um, that you have. So having a persistent and consistent batting average and doing those money making activities on a daily basis is really what's going to help create the momentum in order for you to make the money that you deserve to be making in real estate. Um, you know, I think the systems also are are unique into you and who you are, who you are and your personality type. I, I'm not huge on paperwork. I hate paperwork. I hate filling it out. But I, there is a system that I have in place in order to combat the stuff and to make it automated so that I, I don't touch it. I don't look at it. I don't see it. I'm right. too busy prospecting and going after. I'm a hunter, and that's what I love to do. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, so uh, you know, those systems in place that, you know, delegating, you know, the things that you don't like is really one of the key systems I, or key points in a system that work for me. Oh, I love that. So let's, let's, let's talk about the, the elephant in the room, okay? Real estate, COVID, uh, we talked about systems, uh, money-generating activities, what are some opportunities right now for us, for those of us in the real estate space, specifically agents, uh, that we can look to turn to during a time like this? There, there has to be something that, you know, with every adversity, there's always that opportunity. So, you know, what are some things that you have seen has worked for some of your agents in your world and even for yourself during these times as a, as a means to adjust? We are virtual right now. Every, I mean, during COVID, I was able to list about seven properties and put three on the contract. Three of them, I didn't even walk into the house, see, nor did I ever, you know, vi visually see the client or the seller either, except on a, <laughs> you know, virtually. So your networking and what your network is, if you're not working that right now, um, I, I think that that's a 
big thing that we have to be doing as agents right now is just diving deep into our network, our sphere of influence, our friends and family, as well as any clubs and activities that you might belong to. To me, that was huge in growing my business. Yeah. I would say in the beginning as a new agent, about 60% of my business came from networking groups that I belonged to. Uh, because they're they're the way Twice. to make <laughs> relationships happen. Yeah. Um, your your trusted advisors and your and and your what I call your dirty dozen um, inspectors, mortgage people, attorneys, uh, title persons, right? Those kind of dirty dozen people that you keep and and have business to business relationship with was really key, I think, at this time during COVID too. Solid um, and. And, and I want to add on that real quick, because uh, we do like to give tactical, practical advice. What might a conversation look like when I do reach out to my network right now? I, I feel like there is a range of, there's actually more opportunities to talk about things, perhaps, but I'm curious to see what are some specific tactical approaches that you've used. You know, my I wouldn't call it specific. I'm just like, you know, I, I'm here. Checking in. I'm here to Checking help in. you. Yeah. And it's not like, oh, let's have a cup of coffee. To me, that was like old and played out. It's mm-hmm. just like... I just want to let you know that like, like I'm here to help in any of your real estate needs. Just, just let me know if you need anything, you know, I mean, it came to the point where, uh, you know, for a seller, I've been mowing their lawn, not me personally, but you know, do you need your lawn mowed? I mean, you don't want to go outside because of COVID. Okay. Let me, let me contact someone who can help you out. You need a piece of furniture moved. Oh, okay. Let me contact someone who can help you out. Not a problem. I mean, just those little things and building that relationship and having rapport with people has been really key for me as a listing agent. It's it's been it's been great because I've been able to include some of these services as part of my marketing plan for them. So, for instance, I'm offering you know to clean their house, get their house cleaned. You know, it's part of my listing package. Sure. And I think the more that we offer people, and, and the more that they will value us and our relationship as well. Do you think for your business, Jen, it's going to be more you know, even when things clear up that you're more likely to list homes without seeing individuals or do you think i mean again just speculation i'm curious do you think this this is going to be a shift yeah um yes and no i think there'll still be those old school people who want to see and meet you um they want to do business with you like that way but um and i don't think people still will be able to buy a home without going in and looking at it yeah um yeah, I, I think there's definitely some sort of shift, but I don't think it's going to be huge. Yeah. Um, you know, I, it was fun, not funny, but almost embarrassing for to watch agents. Crum- I felt like they were crumbling because of COVID and felt like they couldn't do anything. And their hands were tied behind their back with like, you know, this huge rope and they didn't know what to do. It was like just shift i just felt I like literally i remember one day you know our meeting i was like just move everything to zoom like what's the big deal <laughs> like it didn't seem like there for me it wasn't that big of a deal to just naturally shift and i came up with this whole virtual you know homes home selling and home buying program you know that it was like an aha moment for our, some of our agents but i'm like what was the you know i didn't see this big big thing i didn't call it this big thing 
I guess yeah. is what no, I'm trying no, to I, say. I mean, you're, you're a problem solver, and I think that's the kind of thinking caps we, we all need to have. In, as entrepreneurs, that's really what you are. They, we, we embrace problems as they come, and we see them as opportunities. So, so I appreciate that. Last but not least, you talked about, you know, you mentioned old and played out, and you talked about social media earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'd be, I, it wouldn't be a complete interview if I didn't, we didn't talk about social media, uh, let alone because, you know, my team had invested talent. I love, I'm invested in marketing. Uh, and yourself, you talked about it being a, a, a primary pillar of change. Um, how much has social media helped you in your business and to what extent? Yeah, that, that's funny because, I, because really um, – I'm really more of a private person when it comes to personal things. So to me, that was um, kind of difficult and a fear I had to to put myself out there on that kind of platform. But I've realized that it really has helped me in many ways. And I'm not a huge poster, right? And I only believe in posting in one social media. But that's just me and that works for me. A lot of people will tell you, I'm sure you will, Ruben, that you have to be everywhere. And and But that's not me. Where so where do you Where can we find you? Where do you hang out? Yeah. I, I'm just on Facebook, that Instagram, right. TikTok. No, I, I just can't do it. But again, it, I, you know, again, I spoke of, you know, I talked about like I'm this kind of transitional kind of agent where I'm in between kind of um, the old and the new. And for me, social media has definitely changed. It's been a way for me to post and market my stuff um, and my listings and what's going on in my real estate career, as well as build new relationships. Yeah. Right? So, well, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm so glad you said that, Jennifer, because at the end of the day, you talk about omnipresence and being everywhere, but most of your people hang around a specific place, right? Like most of where you engage the most in. And so what I do tell a lot of our clients is start with the lowest hanging fruit. Like, where are you engaging with people? Like, where are you mm-hmm. building genuine relationships? Because there's no point in being on social media if, just for the sake of being social on social media. You're on social media to foster relationships that you can't do in person, which I think is very applicable right now. So... Uh, I did want to give you kudos on that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I've definitely grabbed about four or five listings from social media. Um, And I couldn't tell you if they're just friends or friends. uh, I'm huge on some of these mom groups. Um, that's, mm. that's pretty big for me where does anyone know a real estate agent? And I'm like right there. Positioning is everything. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what, for me, it wasn't just, you know, reacting to, to the post or saying, hi, I'm a real estate agent. It was, I'm going to do the research and I'm going to be right there in front of your face tomorrow, the next day with my pre-listing folder to, to make sure that you and I get to know each other. Um, so it's the follow-up, right? That's the secondary. I think that's the the second biggest step besides prospecting follow-up is like even bigger than than that. And every business speaking of follow-up, speaking of following, where can we find out more about Jennifer Sino Tucker? Well, like I just said on Facebook, of course, that J.C. No Tucker, mm-hmm. uh, Facebook backslash J.C. No Tucker, right? But hey, Ruben, I'd love to give everyone listening to your podcast a free download of my book. Absolutely. Um, great. They can get that at uh, rockstaragenttraining.com. Okay. So my book is called Become a Rockstar Real Estate Agent, Seven Steps to Make 100K a Year. 
Absolutely. And that's where we're going with that. We're, we're going to make sure that there's anywhere we can find out more about what you're doing and offer any value. It sounds like you heard it, rockstaragenttraining.com. Um, and we'll include that in the show notes. Uh, anything else for us to keep an eye on? Where can we keep an eye on? And, and maybe if we're locally in, in, around you, where, is there anything that's going on right now or if, as far as trainings have gone? Or is there anything else that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, I'd love to invite any local agents to our Seven Saturdays training. We meet every Saturday morning. Uh, we've had our first session, so we're picking up here on the second one this Saturday. <laughs> and we meet in our office in Elmont, 1603 Hempstead Turnpike in Elmont um, at 10.15 a.m. And we go for a full hour, hour and 15 minutes. Jennifer, it's been more than real. Thank you so much for dropping so much value and, again, helping us uh, real estate experimenters, as we call it, uh, elevate and prosper to, again, uh, gain your skill set and be in a position uh, that you are. So thank you so much for helping uh, the community and stepping into the lab. Ah, thanks so much, Ruben. This was a great, great uh, talk with you. I really appreciate it. Just like that, we are out. If you're a real estate professional, a real estate agent, a real estate investor, a lender, a multifamily syndicator, a contractor, you name it, and you're looking to grow your online presence, but you have no idea how to get started or simply don't have the time, at Invested Talent, we help real estate professionals extend their current business to social media. Why is this important? Without this, you wouldn't be listening to this show and your own host, Ruben Kanya, and his team would not have done deals they've done today. As a matter of fact, Social media has helped us keep this show together, which now exceeds a billion dollars worth of real estate from our guests collectively. That's right. Our reputation, opportunities, partnerships, and most importantly, real estate transactions were started directly from social media. If you're a real estate professional and you lack an existence on a media platform, Invested Talent can help. Simply go to investedtalent.com forward slash social media and make sure you click the get in touch button to get in touch with our team. Again, that's investedtalent.com forward slash social media and get in touch with our team. You focus on being the brand and we'll help you build it. Now, if you know anything about the lab, you know that we like to give practical advice. So if you feel that this podcast was of any value to you, please be sure to leave us a review on iTunes by going directly to the podcast app. From the show's page, scroll all the way down and leave us a review. If you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe by clicking the subscribe button and leave us a comment. Lastly, and most importantly, share this episode with a friend you feel will benefit this episode the most. Remember, there's a you and I in build. Let's build, y'all.